Hello, and welcome to In the Privy Council, a weekly podcast reviewing cases heard before the Judicial Committee of His Majesty's Most Honorable Privy Council, brought to you by the Legal Style Blog. I'm your host, Elijah Granite. This week, we are starting to crack open the 2023 volume of Privy Council cases as we discuss the Grenadian case of Kariaku Development Corporation Limited and Korean, the citation for which is 2023 UKPC 1. This week, we're going to return to an old friend of the podcast, the rule in Devi and Roy. As a reminder, this is a long-standing rule of the Privy Council, dating back to the eponymous case of Devi and Roy, 1946 AC 508 PC Bengal, that where the first instance court and the intermediate appellate court have made concurrent findings of fact, the board will not overturn or even entertain overturning appeals against those findings of fact, save in extremely exceptional circumstances. As we'll see, this case once again shows that parties headed to the Privy Council ignore this rule at their peril. First to the facts. Northeast of the island of Grenada lies the island of Kariaku. The appellants, Kariaku Development Corporation, that's CDC, have been tasked with developing the island by the government of Grenada and sought to do part of that development on a disputed seven-acre plot on the island. The respondents represent the estate of the claimed owner of that land who sought injunctive relief and damages for trespass to their land. At first instance, my lady, Justice Adrienne Robert, found for the respondents, specifically, the justice found that the land in question was not part of the land conveyed by the government to the CDC, and further, that the location of the land meant it was not part of the foreshore, and therefore not crown land. The Court of Appeal agreed. By right, the CDC, joined by the Attorney General of Grenada, appealed to the board. The board, in turn, used its discretion to hear the arguments in the case without prejudice to the question of if this appeal was contrary to the rule in Devi and Roy. For the board, my lord, Lord Lloyd-Jones, started by considering what CDC in an effort to avoid Devi and Roy, called an issue of law, the question of how to weigh extrinsic evidence about a 1914 conveyance of the land. This is a knotty issue, which depended in turn on a variety of other documentary evidence, surveys, and plans. That, in turn, shows precisely why the rule in Devi and Roy applies. This is clearly a question of fact. Like any question of fact, the first instance judge is by far the best place to weigh and judge the competing evidence, and the board the worst place. For this point, Lord Lloyd-Jones cited a dictum of my lord, Lord Burroughs, in Das and Marchand, 2021, WLR 1788, PC, TNT, which listed two reasons for the Devian Roy rule. The first was that a final appellate court is no more likely to be right about the facts than the first two courts which looked at them. The second is, quote, the Privy Council wishes to respect factual circumstances peculiar to the country from which the case comes, especially, for example, local customs, attitudes, and conditions, 
and the first instance and appeal court judges in those countries are very likely to be in a better position to assess such factual positions than is the board. End of quote. Lord Lloyd Jones felt that in a case so tied to the peculiar history of the geography and conveyancing on the island of Kariaku, a local court would have a clearer grasp of the subtleties of the case. The second issue, if the land in question was part of the foreshore, was disposed of similarly. It was clearly an issue of law. However, just to really make things clear, the board added that the approach of the courts below was, quote, clearly correct. Thus, the board humbly advised His Majesty to dismiss the appeal. Turning to our analysis of the case, the first point is that the rule in Devi and Roy cannot be dodged by trying to claim something which is clearly an issue of fact is actually an issue of law. CDC's attempt to do that got them a hearing before the board, but in the end, it was clear that these were attacks on concurrent findings of fact, no matter what the spin. It's true that almost any factual issue raises some collateral questions of law, given, for example, that the admissibility of factual evidence is primarily a question of law, but that doesn't mean that any issue primarily of fact can be recast on appeal as one of law by a few magic words. Second, this case again shows the pitfalls of appeal by right, false confidence. Just because an appeal can be brought by right doesn't mean that it should. Given the rule in Devi and Roy, it was, with respect, misguided to try to bring this appeal, which will only raise the cost bill, and had no chance of succeeding or disturbing the existing rulings. Finally, I want to consider the dictum of Lord Burroughs cited in this case. The Privy Council's deference goes beyond normal appellate deference, precisely because the board is made up, save in exceptional sitting-up cases, of people on a cold and windswept island a world away from the bright blue shores of Kariaku. It is, therefore, a good sign that the board's settled practice is to respect the insight local judges have about, say, local conveyancing practices, and right that the board recognizes it cannot, just by reading the written cases of the parties, instantly become experts on the precise boundaries of the Kariaku high tide. We can all learn from the board's praiseworthy judicial humility and restraint. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of In the Privy Council, brought to you by the Legal Style blog. If you want more legal content, visit our website, legalstyle.co.uk, or follow us on Twitter, at Legal Style blog. If you have any comments, suggestions, rants, or raves, the email of the podcast is editor at legalstyle.co.uk. We also welcome any ratings or reviews on your usual podcast platforms. Until next time, goodbye, and God save the king.